episode 129 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. My name is Mel Williams. Uh, a lot of people know me as Mel the Traveler. Uh, I'm an AMP mechanic and a commercial pilot. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Now, when you're looking at the title of this podcast, you might be thinking, I am almost positive that they have had a Mel the Traveler episode and Mel Williams is back. That is right. We had so much fun the first time we decided to do 2.0. So here is Mel the Traveler on Instagram 2.0. A lot has happened in his life. I mean, he has a aircraft ownership. He just got tailwheel endorsed recently. He's a multi-engine. He's going for his check ride for CFI. He has done a lot on what he calls the road to 1500 and he's a new dad so this dude is busy and we're probably gonna have a male 3.0 on in the next couple months as well for everything that he's doing but aviation i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you do please leave us a review on itunes follow us on instagram and make sure to share this with all your friends help keep growing the podcast by sharing this with everyone. Maybe their first episode can be Mel 2.0 and they can go back to 1.0 and see how everything has changed. If you like the whole idea of having someone on for a second time, kind of getting a follow-up, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram. Email me, pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. Or if you just want to send me comments in general, pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. Aviation, that is all I have for you. It's a very short and quick intro. Get into Mel Williams 2.0. So without any further ado, here is Mel Williams. Mel, what's going on, man? Welcome back to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, you know, man. I'm happy to be back. Episode 2.0, man. You made it again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> man, yeah, we got to do this. We got to do this more often. Get man. a little recurring spot for you. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? I know, Screw right? It. Give the people what yeah, they want, man. man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something interesting. You know what I Whoa, mean? Whoa, so the other you stuff's know? not interesting? What's going on? Uh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I like to have fun when I talk. All um, right, all right. I'll I like let that to slide. Back, you know, maybe have a beer in the background or something like right? that. Just, just I mean, cool it, it, man. It's it's one o'clock Eastern time. You can have a beer by now, right? It's all good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> quarantine it, rules. Mean, exactly. We're yeah. quarantining anyway. So what is time? It, yeah. What does time mean anymore? Yeah, anyways? man. <laughs> Shoot, I don't even know what day it is, man. These right? days are flying by. For real you know? though, it was crazy, crazy how slow March went by, but I feel like April's gone by pretty quick. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. What we're in the twenties now, or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. Whatever crazy, that means. Man. <laughs> <laughs> whatever month comes after April, that's what's coming up next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever's next. Yeah. Well, man, I'm I'm glad to have you back. Like I said, like uh, I really enjoyed talking to you the first time, and I uh, enjoyed meeting up with you when I was in Atlanta. But uh, I kind of want to yeah. know what what's new with you. I mean, everyone heard your story, heard your episode, so we don't necessarily need to do that again. But What's new with you right now, man? What's uh, have the goals stayed the same? You still going for uh, 1500 hours? Uh, I, I know you bought a plane, bought a share of an airplane, so that's exciting. We can get into that, but yeah, man, just what, what's new? Uh, man, what's new? Um, so of course, you got COVID 19 that's going on affecting everybody. Um, so uh, I'm working from home currently, um, uh, but you know, I still have a paycheck, so I can't complain about that. For the people uh, that I don't know, know, when you say working from home, just in case they didn't listen yeah. to your episode, what is it that you're doing that you're working from home? What's your job? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. So um, I work for Delta. I am a, uh, first of all, mechanic. I'm an AMP for uh, for Delta, um, but uh, recently a 737 uh, maintenance instructor for Delta. 
That's, uh, yeah, and that has to help out with you being able to work from home, right? I'm guessing if you're a normal AMP and you're out working in the hangar, it's like you can't really work from home doing that. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's 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 kind of, you know, a weird place because, uh, you know, I'm used to teaching classes, of course. You know, I, I teach the Navy, the Air Force, uh, tons of Delta classes all over the country. So now that we've kind of put that on hold, I'm just uh, studying some other lessons, uh, sharpening up, um, uh, building uh, videos and uh, training tools that we use for online training. So I'm doing that from the house. So I guess, you know, it works. It's completely different from what I'm used to, of course. But but um, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm just grateful to, you know, still get a paycheck because I know that uh, there's some others out there who are not as fortunate. Same. You hit it right on the wall right there, man. I'm just happy to still have a paycheck, still have a job, still be able to fly because our other brothers and sisters out there in the industry or in other industries, just like you said, they don't, they're not as fortunate right now. And, uh, we just got to remember that, you know, when we see how this is affecting us and how this is, is really hard for everyone, it's harder for other people too. And you gotta, you gotta count your blessings where you can and be, be grateful and be happy for what you have. Right. Exactly, man. Exactly. So has uh, maintenance training kind of shut down in a way or is there still training going on? Are you holding any like Zoom classes to help train classes or individual people or are you like on call for questions? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I still uh, I still work, you know, like I said, from home. So so I still answer emails if, you know, any emails get sent. And actually, uh, yeah, we're actually still uh, doing classes. Uh, we actually just did an autopilot class. I didn't do it, but one of the other instructors did. Uh, over zoom um so um we definitely scale back as far as the amount of classes but but um yeah we're slowly starting to get back into it but it's all going to be online stuff at the moment until you know further notice is that harder would you say uh teaching a class online you know you're not there you can't see you can't get a real read on uh, what's going on and kind of the vibe of how your class is going so does that make it more difficult to teach over zoom Yeah, it's, oh man, it's, it's, it's definitely weird because even when I teach in class now, we have a certain amount of Zoom students that will call in. So, so like, uh, you know, perfect example, um, in a perfect world, uh, you know, I'd be in the classroom right now. I'd have a certain amount of students in the classroom with me, and then I'd have a camera, um, pointing at, you know, the lesson and I'd have a certain amount of students, uh, log in over Zoom at the moment. But right now, since, you know, the whole social distance and everything that's going on, everything is over Zoom at the moment. Um, but it is, you know, it, 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 it's, it's definitely weird because just like you said, you know, trying to get a feel for, you know, the class, it's definitely different um, doing, you know, virtual learning or video learning um, because, you know, they're just sitting there, they have a camera staring at them. Everybody in the classroom can kind of see them, you know, so it's 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 a little odd, you know, just kind of sitting there and just listening in. Um, but I think the more we do it, the more the guys are getting used to it. Um, it does uh, cut back on cost because it does, um, you know, when we send guys in for training, um, you know, we have to, well, you know, the company pays for the hotel and, you know, gives them a certain amount of, you know, money for food and stuff like that per day. So, you know, it definitely cuts back on um, you know, spending. Um, so I guess that's the, 
that's the positive behind that. Yeah, it definitely does. And it's really interesting to kind of think of a world after coronavirus or COVID-19, however you want, or the Rona, whatever you want to call it. You <laughs> right. know, it's a, But looking past this uh, and seeing how we are able to kind of keep up a training environment over Zoom or over the internet, it kind of really makes you think that airlines are going to be like, all right, well, we don't need to spend that money anymore. We can save the travel money. We can save this. When in the grand scheme of things, that money is probably not really that much. That's not going to make or break an airline what they're spending on that. But right. every they're noticing now every dollar that they can, they can hold on to helps in the future. So I wonder if they're going to maybe push for more online training and less in-person stuff, and except for the things that absolutely have to be in-person, at least for maybe the next four or five years, maybe in five years, or maybe even less, who knows, we might get back to how things were, but it really raises a question. Is it going to change? Is training going to be fundamentally different? Yeah. I mean, you know, I agree with that. You know, I think, you know, all these airlines are really, I mean, just like you said, just sitting down and like, you know, do we really have to do these certain things, you know, or a lot of the stuff can be still, you know, done effectively, you know, online or, you know, some other means. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what it's going to look like, you know, a few months from now, a few years from now, you know, moving forward. Yeah. And thankfully I'm not the one making those decisions. There's someone that's making a lot more money than me that gets to make those decisions. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it, it affects us. It affects you. It affects me with my pilot training and stuff that's going on, but it's definitely, there's going to be a new future. There's going to be some, some differences and it might not all be good, but I'm sure they're going to find better ways and more efficient ways for us to, to do what we love to do most. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree with that. What's been the overall vibe as a mechanic? I mean, I feel like uh, the kind of airlines, when they talk about airlines and they talk about who's affected by it, they mainly focus on the pilots. They mainly focus on uh, pilots and flight attendants because maybe they're kind of more of, of the face. They're more out there in the world all the time. But how has it been for a mechanic? What's, uh, I know they've been talking about furloughs and pay cuts. Have mechanics specifically been um, touched by that? Are they being furloughed? Are they asking for pay cuts? What's the overall vibe with the mechanic world? Um. Well, right now, um, as far as, you know, I'm concerned, uh, and as far as the information that's out there, there's been no talks of furloughs on my side. Um, but, uh, you know, just like everybody else, you know, leaves are being offered, um, 30 days, 60 day, 90 day. Um, and you know, it, it works for some, you know, some have, you know, kids to take care of at the house and, and, you know, certain other things to do or maybe have a side gig or something um, that they can focus more on. Um, so they're figuring it out from 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 what I can see uh, at the moment. Um, but I mean, as far as being out there as a mechanic, you know, I'm not out there anymore. But, uh, you know, I do talk to a lot of friends that are still out there. And man, they say it's like a ghost town, you know, um, you know. A lot of us, you know, not only, you know, on the Delta side, you know, other airlines have parked, you know, tons of airplanes all over the place. So it's just, you know, it's just a different feel. Um, you know, Atlanta, you know, where I'm at, you know, the busiest airport in the world. I mean, it's like a ghost town. I mean, you have, <laughs> you know, you have these, uh, you know, these 172s and Pipers and stuff shooting approaches, you know, at Hartsfield you know, every day and stuff. And, you know, when I fly, I hear them on the radio, you know, requesting, you know, clearance to do, uh, uh, well, not touch and goes. I haven't heard touch and goes, but, you know, full stop, you know, taxi back or low pass or something like that. And they're getting in, you know, it's just, it's just different, you know, everywhere. I actually saw a YouTube video 
um, of a guy flying an RV. I think it was RV eight, maybe um, in New York. And uh, he did low passes at Newark, LaGuardia and JFK back to back. You know, it's just, That's wild. it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy out there. So, you know, the feel I get from those guys is just, you know, it's just really a ghost town. You know, the couple of airplanes that do come in, you know, they do their normal checks. And then that's that's pretty much it. You know, it's not the hustle and bustle like what it used to be. Yeah. Have you been to Atlanta? Have you been to ATL? Which by now, I actually hate to tell you, is the second busiest airport in the world. Shout out to O'Hare. Chicago, man. We're moving up. Oh, hell no. 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 <laughs> I don't believe that, man. I'm going to have to Google that as All soon right. as the call is over. Yeah. Well, prepare to be disappointed <laughs> because it's the truth. <laughs> oh, God, but whatever. I mean, I'm sure it changes. It's very fluid. Uh, have they, yeah. do they park a lot of airplanes at Delta or at Atlanta? Are there, I, I think I've heard that maybe they have a runway closed or just a bunch of planes parked out there. Yeah. 10 and two eight is closed and, uh, it's lined up with, uh, with some airplanes out there that are parked. Um, and there, you know, other airports around like Birmingham has some airplanes there that are parked and, you know, uh, some other air, airports around, around the country. Um, so it's, it sucks, dude. <laughs> that's a, that's a really great does. word to explain the situation. <laughs> it yeah, does suck. It sucks, man. You know, um, but, you know, I mean, what can you do? Just ride the wave and stay, stay the hell inside. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, yeah, do your part. You can. Yeah, right. Right. What, so your mindset, you are obviously you work for Delta. You are a mechanic. You are an instructor for other mechanics and you have that going as well. But on the other side, you are trying to get to 1500 hours. You are trying to fly as much as possible. And you have the mindset, you know, before this, the mindset is, oh my gosh, this career is so good. There's never anything that could make this this career not look like it's something that is a, a short of a dream job. You know, there's never, no one ever thought that this would happen. So you're going through this right now. What's your mindset and has it changed since this has all started? Are you like, maybe I don't want to be a pilot. Maybe I should just stick with uh, being a mechanic. Or is your mindset still like, oh, no, I'm going 1,500 hours. Airlines will still be there for me when this is all done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, Lord Jesus, it's a long road, man. You know, you know, I started flying back in 2017. And, you know, you start looking at the way these hours start lining up. And then now, you know, fast forward, you know, 2020. I mean, it seems like it's going so slow. Uh, but, you know, I'm in the mid 400s now. I'm flying the pants off of my airplane, you know, just like you mentioned before, um, bought a share into a, a musketeer down here in Georgia. Uh, there's four of us that own it. Um, but you know, it's a little weird. Um, you know, when I first started flying, you know, I had no clue what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to fly. So I wanted to be up there. It was fun just being up there and, you know, enjoying sunsets and, and sunrises and, you know, flying with friends and doing cool stuff like that. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to do airlines. I didn't know if I wanted to do uh, uh, corporate. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to do, you know, charter stuff, uh, you know, become an air show pilot. I have no clue and I still don't have a clue. <laughs> you know, um, I just, you know, I fly as much as I can to stay proficient. Um, and, you know, if I ever do decide to, you know, chase the airlines or, or, you know, maybe go corporate or something like that, I know that that 1500 is important anyway. So, so, so I'm not going to sell myself short, like, oh, well, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm just going to kind of, you know, just fly every now and again until I figure it out. No, I'm still, I'm still up there as much as I can. You know, if the sun is out, I'm flying, you know, I fly damn near, you know, five times a week, 
you know, uh, or pretty close to it. So, um, but I don't know, man, it's just right now I'm just really enjoying, you know, just flying in general. You know, now I'm getting into every now and again, I have a friend who says, Hey man, you know, if you're going up today, I'll be flying, you know, let's do some formation flying, you know? So that's been, you know, pretty cool and something new to do. Um, but yeah, I, I have no clue, dude. <laughs> Did you think, I know I people, no you know how you, you become a pilot and you start training and everyone talks about the past and they talk about downturns. Did you ever think that there would be a downturn in your career? Like I know for me personally, like I, I was in the 2008 downturn. That's when I started getting into my training in 2010 and, and was affected by that. But I never thought that there would be one like this. And I never really thought that this would, would kind of happen. You know, I kind of just like blew it off and it was like, Oh yeah, it's cyclical. And I always said it's cyclical, but like, yeah, but it's not going to happen to me. Were you kind of in the same boat or were you like, eh, no, this is definitely real and definitely could be a possibility. Um, that, that, that's a good question. Um, because when I started, um, you know, I, I went to aviation high school up in New York, uh, for those who do not know, um, I mentioned it on the previous podcast. Uh, but, you know, going to aviation high school, I was a freshman in 2001. So, I mean, the same month that I started school, you know, September 11th happened. And, you know, I wasn't in the industry yet, but, you know, I mean, a whole bunch of layoffs and nobody wanted to fly because everybody was scared and stuff like that. So I knew getting into it, um, you know, years down the line that it was cyclical. Um, but just the way that everything was going on, you know, right now, you know, with the, the dire need for pilots, dire need for, you know, mechanics, dire need for air traffic controllers. I didn't think the aviation industry, I mean, and, 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 you know, I didn't think the aviation industry would take a hit, but this is a special case because everybody's taking a hit, you know, it's not, it's not just aviation related. Uh, but the answer is no, you know, um, I had no clue that, that, you know, something that was, you know, being driven so hard, you know, with the need for pilots, with all the, the older guys retiring and stuff like that, that it was going to, you know, come to a screeching halt, you know? So it's very, uh, it's very interesting to kind of sit back and watch everything kind of unfold. Yeah, it has been really interesting. And it's, it's been interesting to see kind of the newer pilots coming in there, maybe are just getting on the regionals and they're getting their first taste of kind of a downturn because right. like you said, you started with the aviation high school in September 11th. So you were kind of, a rude awakening right away in high school. Like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like this thing is yeah, I was crazy. Like, I was like a week in to school. And then, you know, this happened, I, you know, I, I saw the buildings burn, you know, from, from my high school, you know, so I have that visual forever. And, you know, the, you know, I mean, that was a direct, you know, hit to the airline industry, but you know, again, this case is completely different because everybody's, you know, um, you know, affected, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I have tons of friends who, you know, just got into Delta. I mean, when I tell you, like, I mean, just got in, they just got in, and then this happened. You know, I mean, during classes, they're talking about quarantine and stuff like that. It's just, you know, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it stinks. I had a buddy who I went to Ohio State with. We kind of we're kind of really good friends, like aviation friends and uh, really good friends. And he and I have kind of been comparing our our track and our path together, like not necessarily judging how how good our careers have been based on who gets where first, you know, but like kind of like just keeping in touch yeah. with each other and just seeing what we can do. And but he just got hired to be a pilot at Delta, and no joke, like two days later, the coronavirus starts like picking up and the coronavirus eventually has Delta say, Hey, I'm sorry, but we're not doing your class anymore. And kind of has him kind of sitting in a spot where 
He doesn't know what the future is. And I can't even imagine getting that call from Delta and being so excited and just knowing that your life has changed forever to now kind of being in the unknown. Like, is this going to still be here when coronavirus gets back? Like, what is my life and what does Delta for me look like now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and all of those guys, you know, putting all that time at the regionals, you know, just to make it, you know, just to get to the big show. And then it's like, yeah, what the hell do I do now? I've invested so much time and money and, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, you have some of these small airlines like Compass that, 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 you know, went away and, and, uh, you know, just kind of watch, I think what South African or like just the other day, South, I think it's South African went under or something oh, like it? that. Off the bank. That yeah. And then a version, I think filed for bankruptcy. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of one of those, you know, only the strongest survives type, you know, type situation. Cause I mean, you know, they can't pay, you know, and pay for a long time either, you know, because I mean, everybody's losing money. So it's, it's really a, it's really a challenge um, to see it. And I guess the one good thing about regional pilots now is the fact that they are they're making a lot more money than what they're making in 2001. Right, that's so true. they can somewhat live off of it where 2001, it was like borderline, like your pay was minimum wage, you know? So right, at least you right. have some kind of money. Um, I mean, yeah, hopefully it's saved up and hopefully you can make it last a little bit, but who knows? I mean, yeah, we just are kind of a race against time for everyone, every airline, every one, every, every job, everything. I mean, like you said, it's not just the airlines right now. It's everyone's right. affected. Everybody. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, let's talk about more good stuff, man. Let's not really like focus on this too much because it'll just be a sad day and we'll all just start getting yeah, depressed. Yeah. But right, cool. you let's have uh, some some <laughs> cool news. And I mean, you shared on Instagram a while ago, but you bought a share into an airplane. You want to talk a little bit about the thought process of the why you did that and the kind of why you chose that airplane? Uh, yeah, so um, it's... Uh, okay, so, so, so I'll be completely transparent, right? Because it ended up working out uh, for the better, but uh, how it came about was lazy. So I'll, uh, you know what? I don't want to use lazy. I was taking a break. So, all right, fine. Here it is. So I was at work. I was sitting at my desk. Um, I was supposed to be probably doing something else, but uh, I was taking a break and uh, I was on Facebook and I was scrolling on Facebook um, on my phone and there's a group of uh, individuals um, on Facebook that I'm in, you know, a uh, group chat or a group Facebook group or whatever you want to call it with. And uh, I was just, you know, perusing through the group and just catching up. And I noticed that a, uh, a flight attendant that I knew um, had posted that he was selling an airplane. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm always on trade a plane and stuff, you know, just kind of browsing like, you know, most aviators do, you know, looking for a sweet deal here and there. So, so I, you know, I saw the post and I'm like, wow, this looks like a pretty good deal. So, um, I reached out, you know, with, not with the intent to buy, but just curious, you know, what does all of this entail? And, you know, what's the, the fine print on all of this? So anyway, I contacted him and, you know, he kind of gave me the, the skinny over the phone and I uh, wrote down some numbers and rent and cost per hour. And, you know, and, uh, I said, you know, yeah, I'll take a look at it. So I went to take a look at the airplane and, um, it wasn't too far away from me. And, uh, I said, wow, this looks pretty good, but I suck with numbers, right? Like I'm like terrible with numbers, always been terrible at math and all that good stuff. Right. So, <laughs> so I actually brought my girlfriend with me 
to, uh, you know, she's fantastic at numbers. So, you know, I'm giving her the numbers and cost per hour and all this other stuff. Because before this, I was uh, renting from a flying club. Um, and, uh, you know, we compare, you know, comparing the numbers uh, from the flying club to the numbers here. And, you know, how much am I going to spend down the line to get to a certain amount of hours and so on and so forth. And it worked, you know, so I said, man, OK. So I said, you know, I want to you know, buy the share from you. And we took a couple of test flights and I had it checked out by a mechanic that I knew. And, um, you know, he had his reservations about it. Um, but I was pretty confident that the work done was, you know, pretty solid. And, uh, you know, I bought into it and, and that was it. I gave him his money and, uh, he actually took the money and invested it into a sundowner, um, uh, at a North Atlanta airport. Um, I know you've flown into Atlanta before, but, uh, not PDK, but, uh, LZU. Yeah, but LZ. Is that Lawrenceville? Yeah, exactly. So, um, he bought into a, a sundowner up there. Um, and, and the reason behind it was, uh, he wanted to keep the musketeer, but he's working on his instrument, uh, rating at the moment. And the musk, uh, the musketeer is not, you know, IFR rated. So, so, uh, it just, was a better deal for him to, uh, you know, get his hours in something that he can get his instrument rating in as opposed to just hours in general. So this and, caught you uh, by surprise, essentially. You were kind of just like randomly looking, ex- saw this. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, that that's what I'm saying, because, you know, if I didn't take that break, if I was doing something else or, you know, if I didn't look into it, um, you know, somebody else would have bought it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been it's been a blessing to be honest, because, you know, in the long run, I'm saving money, uh, with the amount of flying I'm doing. And also a big challenge was, you know, after I got my, my instrument rating, I wanted to fly more. And then I got my commercial and I wanted to fly a little bit more. And, um, you know, the deal with the flying club is it's so hard to book the airplane for an extended period of time, uh, because there's so much training going on. So, I mean, all you can get is like an hour slot here, maybe a two hour slot there. And you have to book like a month in advance. So I'm like, well, you know, as far as the availability goes, you know, having the partnership and it's, you know, it's four of us that have the musketeer. Um, it was great because the other three guys are just leisure flyers. Um, they don't fly it as often. So um, I met up with the guys. I said, Hey, you know, this is what I want to do. I want a time build. Is it okay with you guys? Because I'm going to be flying the shit out of the damn airplane, <laughs> you know? And they were like, Oh no, man, it's cool with us. I mean, you know, you're paying for it. So it really doesn't matter. I said, all right, cool. And, uh, and, and I mean, the rest was history. And, you know, like I said, I fly that thing at, at bare minimum three times a week if the weather's nice, you know? Um, so it's been, it's been great. You know, aircraft ownership is nice. You can get up and go, you know, I can, you know, we uh, we have a Google calendar uh, that I can, you know, block the time and days. So if I wanted to take it for a weekend somewhere, I can. You know, like I said, the only disadvantage is, you know, it's not, you know, instruments. So, you know, I got to plan accordingly and I might get stuck somewhere. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, it comes to the territory. You, people hear about, I mean, you every time you go to an airport, you kind of look at the board and you see the airplanes that are for sale. And you always see a quarter share or half a share what like kind of talk about what that entails kind of talk about uh how does how is maintenance taken care of like obviously you fly the plane more than everyone else does so are you, are you responsible for more maintenance uh do people get jealous like if you have the plane i mean just like talk more about kind of things that maybe most people don't know about quarter shares or some kind of ownership and a split ownership in an airplane yeah so 
you know, before I bought in, you know, I asked a couple other people who, you know, own airplanes and stuff. He said, oh, man, you really got to be careful because, you know, a partnership is great, but it's like a marriage. You know, everybody has to be on the same page. You know, that's what that's the consistent thing that 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 goes around there. Everybody has to be on the same page. So so that's why when I met with the guys and I wanted to be clear because, um, you know, you brought up, you know, jealousy and all this other stuff, you know, hey, how come he's flying the airplane so much and I don't get to fly it and. You know, so I wanted to be clear when I met with the uh, the other owners that, you know, this was my mission and this was my goal. I'm going to be flying the hell out of it. And if you have any problems, let me know now, you know. Um, and they said, you know, hey, it's fine. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, one one guy, you know, is a mechanic. Uh, one guy works for the FAA. The other guy, uh, you know, um, forget what he does exactly. But um, long story short, they're not time building. So it's like, hey. You have to pay for the hours that you fly the airplane. So that's on you. You want to fly it? No problem. You know, and everything is still split, you know, between the four of us. So, so actually right now uh, it's coming up on an oil change. Of course, I did most of the flying, you know, because we just changed the oil, you know, not too long ago. And here we are again, and I'm responsible for most of it. But, um, but, uh, you know, we all pitch in, uh, we all split everything down the, down the middle. Um, we all go to the airplane and, you know, if there's work to be done, like, you know, we all help out with the oil change or whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's really, you know, I don't know if I'm just lucky or something like that, you know, maybe I am, but, uh, you know, they don't give me any headaches on anything. Um, if something needs to be purchased, uh, you know, I'm the closest one to uh, aircraft spruce down here is where we get all our parts and, uh, and, uh, you know, other things from, you know, I make the run. I send them the bill, you know, everybody, you know, splits it, you know, it's, a, uh, it's really nice. Um, you know, I, I really don't have any heart, you know, horror stories at the moment, you know, as far as this, uh, as far as this ownership goes, but I have heard, you know, horror stories with, you know, other partnerships where, you know, the, the, the two, you know, owners or four owners or however many are just not on the same page and it falls apart and, you know, so on and so forth. Absolutely. I'm glad it's working out for you because, I mean, obviously, like I said, I, I don't know too much about ownership or even mm -hmm. one-fourth of an ownership, but uh, it sounds like it's working out for you. It sounds like you found yourself a little sweet deal with some good people down there. So I'm glad because it definitely can help ownership if you if you look at it, if you crunch the numbers, or maybe not you because you said you suck in numbers, but you had someone else <laughs> yeah. crunch the numbers for you. So it, if it works out, why not? I mean, obviously, it has to work out for you and work out for everyone involved, but it sounds like as of now, that seems to be working. Uh, is your plan, would you say, like, say in when you finally get to 1500 hours, would you still want to keep it to, to still fly for fun? Or is this like strictly a time building and you're going to try to look to get out of it once you're done? Man, you know, I was just thinking about that last week, you know, because, you know, TBO is coming up, you know, soon, not, not that soon, but maybe around 600 or 700 hours from now. Soon enough that you're and, thinking about it. Right. You know, um, and, you know, that's not going to get me to my 1500. So it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen at TBO? So I've been stashing some money off to the side, you know, getting ready for this, uh, you know, potential, you know, overhaul that's coming up and, and stuff. Uh, I think I want to keep it um, just because it's just, it's just so easy just to get out there and go. Um, but at the same time, I do want my own plane when I do get to 15 or, you know, close to it. Um, something that's just mine, uh, like maybe a decathlon, a super decathlon, because I want to, you know, get into aerobatics and stuff like that, start to do it a little bit more than what I'm doing now. So I may look to sell, 
Um, but I don't know. Like I'm again, I, <laughs> I'm just really enjoying getting up and go because it's something I'm not used to. Um, and it's just really nice. You know, you got, I got friends down in Florida. I got you up in the Chicago, uh, area. It's going to take me a while to get up there in the musketeer. <laughs> but you got to, man. Yeah. We got some deep dish pizza up here for you. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> let's not even, let's not even start with that. You know, by the way, thin crust is better than deep dish, but anyway, like I was cake, saying, yeah. um, <laughs> I'll go on a record but, uh, and I will officially say that I prefer thin crust pizza. My arguments are mainly just to, to cause reaction. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Well, yeah. well, you know, well, 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 there we go. Yeah, you right. Know? We I got mean, some that, good that, thin that, crust that's... pizza up here too, though. It's no New York style, but I mean, it, it's still pretty good. Yeah, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, aircraft ownership is... Now, granted, you know, of course, you have your pros and cons. So, you know, like the Flying Club before, you know, the con of the Flying Club was availability. You know, it was always booked... You know, you really had to plan ahead, you know, sometimes a month ahead if you wanted to take it out or, you know, the entire day if you want to run somewhere or whatever the case is. But the nice thing is, you know, when it's broke, you're not responsible for it. You know, um, if 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 something happens to the engine or whatever, hey, you know, you're just out of it, which is nice. You know, it falls back on the owners. Um, but, you know, with the Musketeer, that's something new that, you know, you have to think about, you know, because you're responsible for the maintenance. So if something happens, hey, guess what? You know, you got to figure it out. You know, um, you know, if I blow a cylinder tomorrow or something like that, you know, hey, got to figure it out. You know, so, you know, thank goodness since, you know, I haven't had it that long, but, you know, I got into it in February. It hasn't been anything, you know, major going on. Uh, when I bought into it, it just come from annual in November. So I got you know, ways to go on that. Um, so, you know, right now I'm in the good spot, you know, unless something crazy happens, uh, but we'll see what the next annual looks like, you know, in, in, <laughs> in November. But the nice thing is, um, you know, talking to you about this partnership again, you know, one, one other thing that was very attractive is, so, you know, the mechanic, I don't do the maintenance on it. Well, not the, the deep stuff, you know, oil changes, you know, little stuff like that is fine. Um, but, you know, I've been into heavy jets my entire career, you know, uh, you know, I started off, um, fresh out of high school working on Piper Warriors and Seminoles and an arrow, but I only did that for maybe four months. And then, you know, Delta hired me and I've been working on, you know, commercial airliners ever since. So I'm so far removed, you know, some would say, Oh, isn't it easier? Yeah, it is, but it's different, you know, and until I get my hands dirty, you know, I'm not going to, you know, feel comfortable doing a lot of this stuff. And plus I don't have my IA. Um, so I'm going to work toward that in the future is just going to help out, you know, uh, my partnership and then eventually myself later on. Um, but, uh, the nice thing is, you know, what these guys do, which is very attractive for the annual, you know, everybody gets together at the airplane and we all strip it down. So everything that needs to come off is taken off. And, um, then the mechanic comes in, he does the annual, and then uh, we basically put it back together. So we save, uh, you know, the cost of that extra labor of, you know, opening things up and, and uh, you know, tearing it down for the guy. So he comes in, does what he needs to do, and then it, the airplane goes back together. I'm guessing that's probably some of the time consuming and where most of the, the, the cost could come out of is something that takes time exactly. with the hourly rate. So it definitely does help. And four people, you can get it done a lot faster, maybe one or two people. So that's definitely a little exactly. smart. Exactly, yeah. So so when I heard that, I was like, oh, wow, well, you know, that's different. You know, so because annuals can get expensive, of course. Um, you know, you save a lot of money. And they save, you know, they showed me the bill. You know, they save tons of money. I mean, 
it wasn't even in the four digits for the annual. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I'm like, wow, you know, that's nice. You know, and that cost split, split between four people is nothing, you know? So until they got to rebuild that engine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things, you know, we did an oil analysis that we're still waiting on, um, you know, getting back, uh, to see what the engine is doing on the inside. Um, just to kind of, you know, pre-plan just in case anything is on its way out or something. But, you know, that's the best we can do at the moment. Right. And you mentioned now you, you're out fine right now. You're out uh, kind of going out, doing your thing and building your hours still. Uh, we talked about this a little bit before, but I'm asking you again. So it's on the podcast now. Uh, how, yeah. what, what's the vibe out there? Like, is it, is it frowned upon? Do you get any flack for going out there and flying? Are you going up by yourself? Is it, is it still social distancing? Is it like, what's the overall vibe and, and how's it being received and just kind of Give a little, uh, little play-by-play of what it's like out there right now. Yeah, so, um, you know, everybody's still flying. Um, you know, you know, so like Av Geeks, like, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody, you know, who's listening or even yourself has like Flight Radar 24 or whatever. Um, you know, so every now and again, I still look, especially after the whole COVID-19 stuff and they started shutting a lot of these cities down, you know, I'm looking for a lot of these little airplanes still flying around. And, you know, they are. Um they just want you to practice social, you know, social distance. And of course, so, um, it was nice being able to fly with friends before because, you know, you can kind of, you know, uh, uh, cut down on the cost and, you know, you know, uh, people pitching in on gas and stuff like that. Uh, so that was nice, but you know, now I just go out and fly alone. Um, and the people who I do see flying, a lot of them are flying alone. Um, you know, unless you're from like the same household or something like that. So if you got a wife or kids or whatever, you know, they, they can go do that. Um, but a lot of these FBOs, like I mentioned before, you know, are closed. Um, so there's still somebody there to, you know, pump uh, fuel for you or, you know, if you need something else, but, uh, as far as going inside, uh, the FBO is closed. Like uh, I went up to, uh, uh, the Charlotte area to Monroe the other day and the FBO was closed. Um, I got the airplane fueled. I, uh, um, utilized the full service and uh took my card took it inside swiped it uh brought it back out with a receipt and that was that you know and they had porta potties you know outside of the fbo for uh individuals to use so they have like a coffee um, set up outside in case you wanted some coffee or anything or a vending machine no <laughs> no 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 man um just just a porta potty and one of those uh pump water deals you know with the soap you gotta pump your foot on it and whatnot you know you see a lot of these air shows and stuff like that uh, but yeah, um, so I mean, not much has changed as far as that's concerned, but definitely the traffic has gone down significantly, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, you see people but, going uh, to Newark, LaGuardia, Atlanta, like we talked about earlier. It's like, that's, uh, that's, they're going to be up oh, to a rude right. awakening when the traffic picks back up. They're like, oh, I can't do touch and goes here now. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, yeah. You know, just like I mentioned before, yeah, I was watching a guy, uh, you know, on YouTube flying his RV8 and he said, oh man, you know, I'm going to. You know, ask, uh, you know, approach if I can shoot, you know, approaches into uh, uh, or, or do visuals rather into, uh, you know, Newark, LaGuardia and JFK. And they gave it to him. You know, I watched him do all three. It was pretty, pretty damn cool, to be honest. But, you know, it's just so crazy how, you know, and, and, and I mean, it's especially the New York area. Right. I mean, it's like probably the busiest area um, as far as, you know, traffic goes between, you know, LaGuardia and Newark and, and JFK. You know, he's able to do that. You know, it's just it's just unbelievable that you know the traffic has gone down so much have you taken advantage of that are you do you have any plans to go land at a bigger airport or you just kind of just want to stick to what you're doing stick to what you know and just uh do some touch and goes at smaller airports i actually do have a plan um 
um, one of these mornings or evenings, uh, I'm going to do a visual into uh, ATL and uh, do a taxi back and launch out of there. And, uh, you know, I just, just want to do it. Of course, I'm going to have the GoPro set up, so everybody's going to know about it when I do do it. I'm going <laughs> to post it up. <laughs> Did you even do you it know, if you didn't but, film it, you know? It's like one of those things. Did you fly if you didn't take a picture? Yeah, you know, of course. Yeah, oh, trust me. I'm definitely going to get it, you know. Um, I'm going to have the, 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 the radio comms and everything, you know. Um, but uh, I have, actually have a couple of friends who've, who've done Atlanta already. And they say, I mean, it's like ghost town, you know. Um, there's still some traffic launching out of there, but obviously nothing like before and uh yeah they'll give it to you as long as you know you know what the hell you're doing and uh you know you be firm on what you're asking for they'll give it to you i don't think they're doing touching goes though um but um you know full stop taxi back or whatever yeah they'll they'll do it when you go to a big airport like that do you have to i know lax one of my buddies was taking photos and he was like letting everyone know it's like hey when you land at lax you have to pay a ramp fee or a landing fee or something like that is that the same in atlanta have you heard that do you have to go taxi and go pay for something or are you free to to take back off and head on out uh i've heard that there's a landing fee uh if you fly into atlanta but the the one guy i know who did it for sure um he landed taxied and took right off so I don't know if like they log your tail number and send you a bill or something <laughs> like that. You, you know, owe two thousand dollars, right? You know, <laughs> I have no, <laughs> I have no clue how that works, but um, but I did hear that there's a, a landing fee um at Atlanta. So yeah, I don't know who the hell reaches out to you, you know, to get paid, but you know, I'll let you know the day I do it. Yeah, be your clickbait, it's, right? It's, Almost it's, got arrested it, going to Atlanta. All right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's funny. Yeah. Well, Mel, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's uh, it's good talking with you. It's good knowing that the the dream is still alive. I think that it's going to be cool for people to listen to this and hear. It. It's like, hey, like I still want to be a pilot. Uh, Mel's still going after it, so I should too. Because I think right now is in a very interesting time in someone's career where this can be used to deter you away from this career. This can be used to make you maybe not want this as much, and maybe. You, you step away. So I think hearing this can be some more reassurance that people should should stick with it, that it's still a good career and that you're still going to find yourself with an opportunity down the line. So I think you can be used for inspiration for that, man. Yeah, man. You know, and I appreciate, you know, the opportunity to, you know, say what I got to say again. And yeah, I mean, I, I hope that I can, you know, inspire, you know, someone who's kind of on the fence. Oh, man, you know, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. And, you know, when this is all over, you know, are they going to be hiring? So, you know, is it, you know, a good idea to shell all this money into it, you know, and the, the one thing I can say, you know, because I, I don't know people's personal finances, you know, um, you know, if you can do it, you know, if it works, I say go for it, especially if you love it, um, you know, just get out there and just build, you know, leisure time, go to new airports, go to, fly into, you know, those weird places and stuff like that. Those pretty cool strips that you heard about, you know, from other people, you know, get after it um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's still fun, at least to me, you know, um, I, I don't know what it's like to, 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 to have aviation as far as flying goes for work. You know, I haven't done any charter ops or anything like that yet. Um, but you know, right now it's just, it's just fun. So, I mean, if, if, if you can't get to the, the money or the bag, as they say, yeah. uh, right, the bag. right now, yeah. yeah, you know, if you can't get to the bag right now, you know, shit, just go out there and just, you know, enjoy the weather, fly, you know, take pictures of the sunsets and stuff like that. You know, if you got some friends or whatever, or even, you know, if you're quarantining with someone and, you know, they don't mind going out, and going to a new place, you know, get out there and get it. Because at the end of the day, it's still fun. You know, it's still a blast to get out there and, 
and, uh, you know, go see new places and stuff. I agree. And uh, you're talking about securing the bag. And if you're in a situation where you're making money for me, I can make money flying and I fly for a, a fractional ownership area, uh, company. And it, it's really therapeutic. It's, uh, yeah. it's like necessary yeah. to go fly for my state of mind, you know, to do my job, do yeah. what I love to do. And every single time I get to go fly, I just get reminded of how much I love what I do. And this is what I, I want to do. So if you have the opportunity, I mean, obviously stay safe social distance, do it the right way, or maybe, I don't know, listen to local laws and everything and follow the rules. But if you get the opportunity and it jumps in front of you, I mean, you should definitely try to jump on that, jump on it if you can. Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, one more thing I got to do a shameless plug just because it just hit my head. Um, what makes it way more enjoyable, you know, hopefully I'll, I'll tell them about it later, but, uh, what makes it more enjoyable, um, you know, I have a deal with, uh, with Sirius, uh, Sirius XM aviation. And um, I have a, uh, a subscription to satellite radio right now. So when I fly, um, I use GDL 52 and uh, I can get weather updates and all that cool stuff. And, you know, what makes it more enjoyable is uh, listening to, to the radio. You know, I listen to Pop 2K, <laughs> you know, a lot of all that NSYNC and Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys stuff that, you know, that we used to listen to way back, you know, for, for the young whippersnappers. Like, who the hell is right? Britney Spears? Right, yeah. who's listening? Uh, but, <laughs> right, who? Who the hell is that? Legend. You know? But um, but yeah, you know, so so that definitely makes life a whole lot easier. Uh, not too much on sports radio right now. Um, but uh, you know, that's available too. There's tons of comedy stuff and talk shows I can listen to. So that definitely helps the time go by uh, when you're up there by yourself. Um, because you know, I know probably when you go flying, you know, you have a captain, somebody you know sitting on the left side, so you know, you kind of have somebody to chat with. Yeah. Um, after the but, eighth you know, day, it's kind of old, though. <laughs> well, yeah, oh yeah, that's true. That's true. But at least there's somebody up there. I mean, you know, listen, listening to that engine, you know, buzz around for like an hour and change, like ah, uh, you know, if you don't have anything going on, so start talking so that, to yourself uh, and start saying weird stuff. You're like, whoa, I need to land. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do, man. I'd be up there, damn, you know, talking to myself all the damn time. But uh, you know, the 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 satellite radio definitely, you know, makes life. Uh, a whole lot easier and makes the time go by, you know, when you're up there jamming and stuff like that. And if you didn't see my last video, well, actually not the last one, but you know, one of my other videos, uh, you know, doing the whole tussie slide up there with, you know, Drake, Drake's music, you know, that's the type of stuff I do up there. I try to keep it fun, you know, obviously in a safe, safe manner. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I try to have fun with it as much as I can, man. Um, cause you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, um, you know, do something that you love so you don't ever have to, you know, work a day in your life. You know, I try to, I try to live by that. Respect, man. Well, Mel, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, episode 2.0. It was, uh, you're one of the few that's gotten the second chance. So welcome back hey. to, to the family. Uh, it's good hearing about just kind of where you are after our story. So I'm gonna try to do this with more people and just kind of get them back on. So it can do a little, uh, little regroup and figure out what's going on in their life and how they're handling the situation. But I appreciate it as always. And uh, I wish you the best, man. And uh, stay in touch. Thanks, bro. Appreciate right, it, man. All right. Well, have a great day. Uh, you too. AV Nation, thank you for listening to episode 129 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, like I said earlier, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think on Instagram. Make sure to follow us at Pilot the Pilot. And also let me know if you want me to keep doing these 2.0s. This is kind of the first one. I've had a couple recurring guests on, but never kind of like two full interviews. So let me know what you think about that. I think it could be fun to get some uh, for especially Logan Flood. Get Logan on, talk about his story a little bit and some of the other Pilot the Pilot alumni, if that's what we can call them. AV Nation, I hope everyone's doing well. I hope you're staying 
staying safe. Hope you're hanging in there. Uh, I, I'm going to do another coronavirus cares act here soon. Probably next time I'm off, I'm going to go out for eight days. So uh, maybe next time I'm out for seven days, I'll try to get that as well. Also, Jerome Tuskegee Bloodline, if you're listening to this, we're going to get a podcast in. I promise, man. I'm sorry I had to bail on you on this done Sunday. Life is crazy. But Aviation, I hope you all are having a great day. And as always, happy flying.